power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Somebody put your hands together for the Lord as you take your seats. Hallelujah. Amen. We bless God for this evening. Tell somebody welcome to the teaching service. Tell another person welcome to the teaching service. Tell the person God bless you for coming early. That person, I didn't know you had it in you to come to church on Wednesday early like this. That may it be permanent in your life. Tell the person, say, may it be permanent in your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We bless God for this evening. And um, how many of you are ready for the word? How many of you are ready for the word? All right. Just lift up your right hand. Say in the name of Jesus. Say I declare that my heart is open. Say I declare that my spirit is open. Say I declare that my mind is alert and ready to receive the word of God. Say I declare that this word will profit me and that I shall be a doer of this word and not just a listener in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hey, your clap is as if. Right, did you work that hard today? Amen. We bless God. All right, so this evening I'm going to um, take you on a journey through the word of God. You see, the teaching of the word of God is very important. That is what grounds us. That is what grows us. And from next week, I'm going to start a new series. Hallelujah. From next week. In the course of the week, I'll tell you what exactly the series is about. And it is possible this particular series will not be on Facebook. It is possible it will not be on Facebook. Because of the nature of the things we'll discuss and blah, blah, blah. It may not be on Facebook. So if you really want to be a part of it, you have to find your way here next week Wednesday hallelujah and I'll be on it for a few weeks until we exhaust the topic fully but today today we are going to only two people are excited about the, the series uh, maybe we should just come here and come and stretch and go back <laughs> hallelujah Alright, so today I'll just um, take you through something I believe will help you. It will help you. The, the title of the sermon is a command. And this command, if you obey it, it will help you. There are a lot of troubles we have in life and it's because we are not obeying this particular command. There are a lot of spiritual problems. There are a lot of social problems. There are a lot of even physical problems we are having and it's all because we are not obeying this particular command and it's a command we were given in the bible and you see these things we can be very religious about them 
we quote them but we don't really sit down to think about them well and put them into practice hallelujah so this evening i'm going to teach you on the subject guard your heart guard your heart tell somebody guard your heart tell somebody else guard your heart hallelujah let's open to the book of proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 he said, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Hallelujah. So this version is saying, keep your heart. Tell somebody, keep your heart. Tell another person, keep your heart. Hallelujah. So if we have been told to guard something, it means it's very precious. Nobody guards anything that doesn't have any value. I dare say that your heart is probably the most important part of your being to God. And I'll tell you why I think your heart is the most important part of your being to God. You see, when you read Proverbs chapter 23 verse 26, it says, my son, give me your heart. I never heard God say, tell somebody, give me your hand or give me your head or give me your waist or give me your toe. He said, give me your what? your heart it is a very precious thing hallelujah so if we are being told to guard our hearts it means there there is something about the heart there is something unique you you wouldn't guard anything that is not valuable you will never see a battalion of security men guarding a rubbish dump it will be an upset scene to see that a whole battalion of soldiers armed soldiers and they are guarding rubbish people's empty milk tins and waste of their life and they are guarding it nobody will guard it hallelujah nobody has been arrested for picking something <laughs> from the rubbish dump the things that are there nobody nobody is interested in them amen yeah so when you are guarding something then it means it is very precious it is very important that is why you see heavy security guarding at the flagstaff house you see heavy security guarding around important personalities. When you go to a five-star hotel, you see strong security there. It's because those places are valuable. You will not go to a bank and not see a security detail there. It's because people's treasures are there. Millions of CDs and dollars and all kinds of things are there. So if the Bible is saying guard your heart, then it means your heart is very valuable. It is very important. And I have my own reason why I believe the heart is so important to God. And I'll tell you why. I believe the heart is very important to God because it is virtually the whole thing, the, the only thing that straddles all the dimensions you are made of. But the dimensions you are made of, I'm talking about spirit, soul, and body. Your heart is probably the only part of you that intersects all of these three dimensions. It's like the junction of all of these three dimensions. So that when we talk about the heart, we could be talking about your physical body. When we talk about the heart, we could be talking about your spirit. And when we talk about the heart, we could be talking about your soul. And that is why God wants it. Because if God has your heart, it means he has your spirit. If God has your heart, it means he has your soul. If he has your heart, then it means he has your body. Hallelujah. This heart is very important. So we can talk about the anatomical heart. That is the one that is beating in your chest right now. 
apex is what faith left intercostal space mid clavicular line i've not forgotten mine <laughs> and it's supposed to beat approximately how many times a second approximately how many times 70 72 there are about times a second but there are situations where it beats faster that some people when you see them your heart can beat faster either for good reasons or for bad reasons either because of love or hatred some people you see them and your heart just begins to race for the wrong reasons <laughs> that is the anatomical heart the anatomical heart tends to give people problems in their young in their youth mm. oh sorry that there is the anatomical heart tends to give people problems in their old age it is the social heart that gives people problems in their in their youth hallelujah so you have the anatomical heart that is the physical heart the social heart is is like your soul the seat of your emotions it is by this heart that you fall in and out of love hallelujah yeah <laughs> and then we have your spiritual heart which is which is which is your spirit the bible says a time cometh and they that worship the lord will worship him in spirit and in truth that is worshiping god from your heart from your spirit hallelujah yeah so the heart is so important because it stands at the intersection of all the three dimensions that make a person hallelujah now there are some reasons why it is important for us to guard the heart and i'll give you one or two of them there are some important reasons why there are some reasons why it is important for us to guard the heart number one is that god has chosen the human heart as his monitor that is god's chosen monitor if i want to monitor the function of your liver i'll take a sample of your blood take it to the lab and run a liver function test if i want to know the state of your kidneys i'll take a sample of your blood and go and run it for BUE creatinine that is how i monitor the state of your liver that is how i monitor the state of your kidney god uses the heart to monitor you hallelujah god doesn't look on the outside let's read first samuel chapter 6 verse 7 first samuel chapter 6 verse 7 no sorry 16 16 16 verse 7 He said, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature. This happened when Samuel went to the house of Jesse to go to um, anoint the next king of Israel. He said, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. I want us all to repeat that line. For the Lord, go. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. See, this thing you've read it before, but today I want it to enter your head that God doesn't see things the way you see things. God doesn't rate things the way you rate things. God doesn't judge things the way you judge things. Hallelujah. God is completely different for you. That is why sometimes you, you, you must spare God a bit of your wrath. There are human beings that are angry with God because they think they figured it out. The way God sees it is completely different from the way you are seeing it. Hallelujah. He says... For God 
for, for the Lord seeth not as man seeth. It says, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on what? The heart. So when God sees you, uh, I've said it before that it's like God has x-ray vision. He doesn't see the outside. It's the heart. That is what God is seeing. And that is why it is important to guard your heart. Because that is what God is looking at. God's opinion of you is not based on your actions. It's based on your heart. It's based on what is in your heart. It's based on what is going on in your heart. Hallelujah. Because you know, it's very easy to show one thing outside or outwardly and have something else in your heart. It's a very, very easy thing to do. But God cannot be fooled. God cannot be deceived. We human beings can be deceived when you give people eye service. You smile with them, but when they leave, hmm. <laughs> God, God cannot be fooled like that way at all. Hallelujah. And another scripture too says that as a man thinketh in his heart, what? So is he. That is you. What goes on in your heart is the real you. Hallelujah. Today, I want that thing to sink into your head because sometimes we can deceive people to the point where we ourselves are deceived and we believe the lies we've told ourselves. God cannot be fooled. He looks at the heart. He's not interested in, 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 the, in the outward appearance. It is the heart he's interested in. He has decided that that is his monitor. That is what he uses to rate you. That is what he uses to place you at a particular level. It is the heart. Whether it's ministry or whatever, it is the heart that God is interested in. I pray that you have a good heart. In Jesus' name, amen. That is the number one reason that God has chosen the heart as his monitor. Number two, judgment will be a judgment of the heart. Our judgment. We, our judgment. You know there are two different kinds of judgment. The one, for the, the one for those who will not make it. And then for those who will make it, we will stand before God and it will not be a judgment of condemnation, but a judgment of accountability. Where you will give an account of your actions and, and, and the intents of your heart. Hallelujah. You will account for the talents God gave you, the time God gave you, everything. You will give an account. And on that day, rewards will be given, awards will be given. People would have made it into heaven all right, but they will be sad because they will feel like they deserved certain things. The other day on our visitation, I, I was asking that, I mean, haven't you been in a speech day before that you are, you are not happy, you are sad? It's supposed to be a joyous day. Everybody's supposed to be happy. Cultural dancing here and there. People are dancing like, people are dressed nicely. And but deep inside your heart, and sometimes it can't even last for days. Because you thought there was some first position be that you should have had. Or the way your friend went to the stage a number of times and they healed her. You wish it were you. If you didn't like that feeling, then make sure you, you, you do well here on earth. Because that one, it will be a bigger stage. Hallelujah. Big people will be there. Apostle Paul will be sitting there. Peter will be sitting there. Uh, Maurice Cerullo will be sitting there. Reinhard Bonke will be sitting there. Billy Graham will be sitting there. Me too, I'll be there, so I'm watching you. Hallelujah. If they call you and they are going to put a crown on your head, I'll be proud say, ah, that is my church member. That's my church member. It will be a very big occasion, seriously. I want you to start imagining. Some of these things, we've never sat down to really imagine it well. It will be a very big occasion. Big, big personalities. People you have adored in your life, they will be sitting there watching you. 
giving you a standing ovation. There are some people, when they call their names, they will say, well, come. It will come some. But there will be something when they mention, they will say, welcome, welcome, welcome. May you not be part of the welcome people. May, they, may you receive a standing ovation. You know when Stephen was about to enter heaven, the son of God, after he died, he was seated at the right hand of the father. But when his eyes opened and he saw into heaven, when that faithful matter was about to die, he said, heaven is open and I see the son of God standing on the right hand. The only time we saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the father. May you receive a standing ovation when you are entering into the glory of God. Hallelujah. Yes. And that judgment will be a judgment of motives. So if you were working for God and you had ulterior motives while you were doing it, eh, we will know. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. We will see that. Ah, but this person, this, 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 there are others who, are, who did the same thing and they are being rewarded for it. Why is it that this person is not being rewarded for it? Say, oh, the choir that he joined is because he wanted to get close to a certain damsel. Ulterior motive. <laughs> Oh no, there's a way you can do the work of God and you have your own personal agenda at the back of your mind. I was talking to one pastor. He said, there was one particular meeting they were having and his music director was suggesting that there's some particular type of organ beat that he wanted. He, he didn't get why. Not knowing the guy had some ministry on the side and were coming to have some big program and he needed a particular, <laughs> that particular type of organ to be used for that program and that was why he was moving he was pushing for it it wasn't because of the church he had his own personal agenda he had his own personal agenda in his in front of people it looked like he he wanted the good of the church but there was a secondary reason there was a secondary reason may you clear all your secondary reasons and and let the reasons why you do things in the house of god be because of god Hallelujah. Yeah. So that judgment, it will be a judgment of the heart. God will look inside your heart. The reasons, the real reasons, what was your motivation? What was your motivation? If you were doing things just because you were told to do it, that one too is not good. Mm. Have your own personal conviction. Understand what you are doing. When people understand what they are doing, they don't remember. Those who remember, most of the time, there are people who don't really understand. They feel like they are doing it for the pastor. They are doing it for, you know, that's when they remember. When you understand it, you are able to, what do you call it, bear inconveniences. You, you do it to the best of your ability. Me, I'm ready to sacrifice anything because I understand my calling. I'm ready to sacrifice comforts and all of I understand what I'm doing. Hallelujah. May you have an understanding of your ministry and an understanding of what you are doing in the house of God. So that is the second reason why you need to guard your heart. It's because judgment will be a judgment of the heart and not necessarily our actions. Hallelujah. And you see, the third one, which is from the scripture that we read is that all issues of life emanate from the heart. That is another reason why you must guard the heart. That means the heart is a portal. A portal from which things 
come out and it's also a portal for things to enter you see he says out of the heart comes the issues of life that means things can come out of your heart and then the bible also says that eye has not seen ear has not heard neither has it entered the heart of man that means the heart is also a portal for entry of things there are some things you must prevent from coming out of your heart and there are some things you must prevent from entering your heart and we'll talk about some when we get to the practicality of the way i'm laying the foundation then we'll go into the practicality of it hallelujah the issues of life emanate from the heart and that is why it is important for us to guard it so you can walk around and look like a very good person but you have a bad heart you don't think well of people you are, you are not happy for people when they, they prosper when good things happen to them it means there's something wrong with, the, with your heart your heart needs circumcision there's something wrong with your heart one pastor I was, I was listening to he was preaching and he said he had <clears throat> junior pastors like I have junior pastors and they all oh, do papa papa this that that and suddenly God brought a certain man into his life like a kingdom financier this man had a lot of money so he had come to come to push the man's ministry and all of that because later the man called him that ah, one of your junior pastors has been calling me behind the scenes so saying things like oh god is leading him to start a certain ministry and blah 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 and there's a behind the scene such a person doesn't have a good heart but these people i know their hearts are very very good <laughs> that's a very good very very, very good heart <laughs> that the guy started calling the rich man behind the scenes that oh god is leading him to start a certain ministry and blah 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 Give him some word and this and that, that I can see this and blah 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 blah. That thing eh, said when you're looking at to like what he said, no <laughs> happens to be correct. That is the end. Because rich people they are afraid to die. <laughs> the way they fear that <laughs> it says like your 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 back has been itching, hasn't your back been itching? <laughs> Say yes, no, ah, it means it's true. The devil has got me. So, so you can have people who look alright, they look good, but their hearts are no good. And you see, when you don't have a good heart, eh, it affects various aspects of your life. Different, different aspects of your life. Even how you look. Even how you look. Let me, let me read a certain scripture. Give me Proverbs chapter 14 verse 30. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 30. Give me King James Version. Proverbs 14 30. It said, A sound heart is life to the word flesh. There's a strong connection between your heart and, and, and your outer body. As some of you, your handsomeness and your beauty is coming down because there are toxins inside your heart. You can't see whether you are dark or you are fair or you are in between. It's like even the flesh can't even respond to anything. He said, a sound heart is the life, life of the flesh. A sound heart is the life of the flesh. Tell somebody you must have a good heart. 
tell another person, you must have a good heart. Hallelujah. The, the, the nature of your heart can, can affect even your health, how healthy you are. If you have harbored a lot of things inside your heart and against people, and it doesn't work well for your, for your heart and, your, and for your health. Hallelujah. Yeah. So those are just three reasons. Just, those are just three reasons why you must guard your heart. Now, I want to show you just about five things that you must guard your heart against. All right. That's why we get into the practicality of the word. About five, maybe six, depending on how much time, because we'll leave you at 8.30. Hallelujah. We'll leave you at 8.30. Number one is anger. Somebody say anger. These things may sound very simple, but trust me, they are deep spiritual things. Guard your heart against anger. Guard your heart against anger. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. Ephesians 4, 26. As for being angry, then you are allowed to be angry. He said, be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. That means anger has a way of leading you to sin. It is an open door and an invitation to sin. So as for angry, getting angry, said, be ye angry. It's, it's allowed. But there are terms and conditions to the anger. Do you read terms and conditions when you are downloading apps? Oh, there's a terms and conditions. Those things, uh, we just forget it and we just download like that. One of these days, you go and download something and when you read the terms and conditions, they'll tell you every CD you make. It's for the company you've downloaded the thing from. <laughs> I thought it was some people did a social experiment. They put some very funny thing, very serious clause in some terms and conditions for some things people are downloading. And nobody read it. Everybody just downloaded it like because most of the time the terms and conditions there are so many. So long. It's intentional. Fine print, and most of the time it's small, they write it small, 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 like that. Yeah. So he says, be ye angry. But the good thing is that he didn't stop there. If you have stopped there, it will even be a, a, a what do you call it? A, 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 a subject or a, a title for a sermon. Be ye angry. Let us be angry. Let us feel free to express our anger. <laughs> so be ye angry and sin not. Sin is a very serious thing, Sin is a serious thing. What is sin? Sin is when you go against what God has told you. It's as simple as that. Sin is not only fornication. Sin is not only adultery. Sin is not only murder. Anything God says you should do that you don't do is a sin. Hallelujah. He said, and sin not. And then when you see a colon, it means it is explaining what is coming to say further. And so in this particular case, the sin is that you are angry for too long. It's a sin. That's what the Bible is telling you here. Don't let the sun set upon your anger. That means if somebody anoints you this morning, by the time it is 6 p.m., that anger, however you will deal with it, deal with it. 
it is a sin. It's as bad a sin as somebody who went and slept with three women that day. Because a sin is a sin. Oh, yes. No, these, these things, they may sound like jokes, but this is scripture. That is why when we are not seeing certain dimensions of God in our lives and then we don't understand, we think we are doing everything. We are not doing everything. We are not doing everything. If you are angry with somebody beyond 6 p.m., because that is when the sun comes down. I'm explaining so that I don't go and say it is written in the word. <laughs> Once you are angry beyond 6 p.m., if after 6 p.m. you see the person and something moves in your heart, anytime that thing moves in your heart, you are sinning. And I'm not the one saying it, it is the word of God. And in fact, every law or every rule God gives us is for our own good. It's actually for our own good. When they said no premarital sex, it's for your own good. Uh, because, you see, sometimes eh, it gets to a point where people realize that this person is not good for me. They realize that this person is not good for me. This thing, but it's hard. Because there's a part of you that has gone to amalgamate. <laughs> and so it's hard. Meanwhile, if you were just friends and texting each other and saying, God bless you, the moment you realize that Charlie, this are the way and you, you know, you move. But this one, your soul and your spirit has been intertwined. It's like plantain and cassava, fufu, that has been pounded together. Take out the plantain. And take out the cassava. I'm bringing certain things to life for you so that you know that. Hallelujah. He said, He who is joined to a prostitute is one. He just used the prostitute as an example. Don't go and preach anywhere that if, you, if it is not a prostitute, then it is not one. He just used a prototype. The experts. <laughs> he just picked the experts. <laughs> the ones who have dedicated themselves to that ministry. He just used them as an example. But it applies in every case. <laughs> when God gives us any rule, it's for our own good. It's for our own good. There's a reason why you, 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 you are not supposed to get angry beyond a certain time. How many of you agree that we are in a spiritual war? Whether we like it or not, we are in a war. The enemy is constantly walking about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's always looking for a foothold in your life. He's always looking for a, a, some, some opening to enter your life and cause havoc. Jesus told Peter, Satan seeks to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. He's always looking for the opportunity to do something bad. And when you are angry for too long, the Bible says the angry man is like a city without walls. Your spiritual defenses are down. That is the revelation the word of God is giving to us. You won't see it with your naked eye. It's a spiritual thing. Your spiritual defenses are down. That is why when Satan wants to attack a home, eh, he'll bring confusion between the husband and wife and ensure that they are angry with each other. Some of the quarrels they are they are generated from the pits of hell. 
just so that there will be an opening somebody was it in harvard or yale did some experiment some research and their conclusion was that when somebody is angry for a certain number of hours the levels of immunoglobulin a immunoglobulin a it goes down you know immunoglobulin a is supposed to be for the mucosal places those are the walls the entry points so that scripture is literal that when you are angry you're, it's like you are sitting without walls those antibodies the immunoglobulin a they are, they are at the entry points eyes nose ears all of those they are there the level goes down so it's like your walls are literally broken down hallelujah so we must guard our heart against anger guard your heart, heart against anger some people look for opportunities to be angry it's like you look for opportunities to be angry you enjoy being angry it's your favorite pastime so me I'm a, I'm a son of wrath <laughs> I am a walking inferno <laughs> anger guard your heart against anger there's a lot I could have said about anger but time time is time is going <laughs> time is going time is going one last thing about anger you see guarding your heart against anger also means guarding your heart against the things that feed your anger there are things that feed your anger there are some memories you know if you trigger them you get angry and the truth is that the devil will try to trigger such memories something be she said some time ago that hurt you like it entered your heart it really hurt you the devil will come and whisper it into your heart your, your ears that day that she said out your head it's like an inflated balloon and suddenly hey, <laughs> spirit of anger the anger is updated you see the way we update apps they give you updates Satan presents you with an update. Then you do you press update. Ah. The time you realize you are feeling like the way you felt that the day, the day the thing happened. How many of you have experienced that before? I've been there before. So you must guard your heart against the things that fuel your anger. You know that this thing, if I think about it, if I think about it, I'll get angry. In marriage, you must do it all. Marriage is a school of forgiving. When I say forgiving, it's not necessarily forgiving of big, big things. Though. You see, when you are married, because of the commitment and the attachment and things, the smallest thing the person does, it hurts you. More than the ordinary person. Now, the ordinary person walking about there, they can't do, they'll do the same thing. You'll not feel anything. Let your wife do it. Let your husband do it. It hurts you like something. So it's a school of forgiveness. If you don't know how to forgive, don't, don't go into marriage. It's a school of letting things go. Because you see, the more you keep things and you don't let them go, you are putting ammunition in the hands of the enemy. And he will use it one day. 
you use it one day because you are, you are accumulating things they are there they are there they are there and piling up piling up piling up anytime you pile the anger you pile the offense you pile the bitterness you are just supplying ammunition to the enemy he will use it against you at the wrong time number two offense and bitterness they are along the same line so let me just fire those ones and finish offense and bitterness you must guard your heart actively against offense these things i'm talking about they are active things you do like active you must be active you see too many of of us christians are passive about things and a lot of things are just overtaking us you need to be active about certain things and intentional about certain things today when you live here be, 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 be determined that you will not allow bitterness to stay in your heart and you will not allow offense to stay in your heart offense and bitterness are like poison it's like poison you are harboring poison Hebrews 12 15 I've read it several times Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15 can we have it he said, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace, grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be what? Defile. That means the bitterness has the ability to defile you. In your marriage, that's your bitterness, that's your offense that you are carrying. It is defiling your home. Defiling your marriage. This is what the scripture is saying it defiles you it makes you dirty it makes you unclean that is bitterness offense and while you must guard against being offended and being bitter you must also guard against being an instrument of offense and bitterness guard against being an instrument you yourself being an instrument you are creating offense and creating bitterness that means you must watch the way you say things you must watch the way you approach people about things you shouldn't have this attitude of oh i don't care what happens at the end of the day this is what i want to achieve so i'm going ahead to do it you know some people have that kind of mental like buga buga kind of thing the end justifies the means we'll do it anyhow we'll say it anyhow no you can't say it anyhow you're not allowed to say it anyhow Oh, but it's the truth. The truth must be told. It's not every time that you say the thing as it is so. Hallelujah. The Bible said, the fool speaks all of his mind. Oh, that means what is in your head. You speak everything. That is foolishness. That's what the Bible is saying, not me. There are times you hold certain things back for the right time. In marriage, there are some discussions you don't have at certain times. You know that, oh, the atmosphere in the house is not the best. It's not, that's not the time to go and bring that subject that you know is controversial. Wait till there's a lot of laughter and there's a lot of joy. And that's it. Then you slip it in quickly. Oh, sh- sh- you finish. You settle it. Not that day when she has cooked from morning to evening and she's tired and she's on the verge of explosion. And <laughs> go and bring her there. We need to talk. No, 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 no. At that point, she needs to sleep. <laughs> she doesn't need to talk. Hallelujah. Yes. Don't, don't be an instrument of offense and don't be an instrument of bitterness. Don't be. Number 
number three you must guard your heart against deception deception oh there's a lot of deception that is going on there are frosters <laughs> people who want to chop your money deception even from the pulpit I tell everybody any sermon you are listening to listen with a sieve on your heart with a sieve on your heart let the correct things pass through the things you don't agree with filter them out go and read if you are still not convinced throw them away hallelujah yeah that's why Paul commended the Bereans and when me myself me I preach me that I've been to heaven I've had revelation when I preach they go back and they go and check and commended them for it as I'm preaching there's something I say you don't agree go and check if it's not correct for you throw it away it's as simple as that we know in part and we prophesy in part it's as simple as that guard your heart against deception somebody comes and says oh there's some move some move it's a new move say by tomorrow your money will increase times 50 and you too hey my problems are over (laughs) God of heaven if you listen to our visitation on, on, on Tuesday I gave a certain scripture that the lazy man puts his hopes on fantasies fantasies now Sabbath with the Michana Etoma. I said my life would have been repaired. Major renovation would have taken place. Guard your heart against deception. And the way to guard your heart against deception, the only way is to know the truth. Is to know the truth. If you don't know the truth, how can you tell that it's deception? There's no other way. It's to know the truth. Hallelujah. May, may the Spirit of God minister the truth into your heart so that when you see the fake, you'll be able to recognize it. I'm rushing because we need to. Hey, it's 8 13. I mean, I have to do the last three in 10 minutes. <laughs> you must guard your heart against pain and hurt. You see, they are different from offense and bitterness pain and hurt. You must guard your heart against them. You see, sometimes, eh, I know somebody who has a certain principle. If you come to ask that, oh, I need money for something. Lend me. Lend me this amount of money. Let's say, say 5,000. He will give you the amount that he knows if you don't pay back, it's not an issue. Like, I can deal with it. It's a way of guarding your heart against hurt and pain. Hallelujah. The Bible says you should not throw your pearls to the swine. It says oh, they'll trample upon it. Oh. If they just trample upon it and go, it's fine. But it said they'll trample and then they will turn and charge at you. You that you gave them the pearls. <laughs> oh no, people can be ungrateful and it can be painful. It can be painful. It can be painful. So sometimes you have to guard your heart. Guard your heart. 
He said, oh, I won't give you beyond what, like if I know it's thousand, if you don't give me back the thousand, there's not. So when he gives it to you in his mind, is that it to you? That is, it's a way of guarding your heart. You don't want to be hurt. And that leads me to the fifth one. You must guard your heart against foolish assumptions. Foolish assumptions. People make foolish assumptions. Based on what is already in their heart. Based on what they desire. Based on what they are wishing for. You see, there's a way that when you wish for something, you can program your mind to see things in that direction, even though it's not. You like a certain girl. The mere fact that she said hello after church. Say, Charlie, it is working. It's working, it's working, it's working, it's working, it's working. That yes, you are going, God is working. It's up to something. I may not see it, but still I'm trusting. I guard your heart against foolish assumptions. What does the Bible say about foolish assumptions? Assumptions. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Let's read verses 13 and 14. Ecclesiastes 10. 13 and 14. Uh-huh. Fools base their thoughts on what? Foolish assumptions. So their conclusions will be what? Wicked madness. Verse 14. <laughs> they chatter on and on. They're telling people, Charlie, the girl, she didn't like me. Oh, she didn't like me. Oh, meanwhile, it's off. Completely off. And the next sentence says, No one really knows what? The future. Don't make foolish assumptions so. You can be at work and for some reason you have concluded that you are the favorite of the boss. In your mind, oh, media. People make assumptions and they think, oh, I should be able to get away with this. You know, this, that, that, that. And they end up getting into trouble. Don't assume. Hallelujah. Don't assume. And this one too is linked to my last thing that you must guard your heart against wrong affections mm, that's the note on which I'm ending wrong affections it's linked to the assumptions though. it's linked to the assumptions don't assume anything hmm? wrong affections you see as you are young like that your heart it is a very fertile ground for, for head You are the age where you are falling in and out of love by heart. You must guard your heart against wrong, wrong affections. There are, some, there are some people you know they are no-go areas. Amalekite. No matter how fine he is. No matter how much vibes he's got. No matter how compatible you are. And he understands me. And he gets me. And we are like soulmates. And, and like you know we vibe. We vibe. But he is an Amalekite. And the Bible says, be not unequally joked together with unbelievers. Simple. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. That boy who already is in a relationship. Guard your heart. You see, whether you fall for somebody or not, you decide. This thing about like, I don't even know how it happened. I just fell. You didn't fall. You laid down. It's a voluntary thing. I'm telling you. 
telling you. You didn't follow. You lay down. You invited the thing into your heart. Do you know how there are two ways of getting things into your heart? Two ways. One, imaginations. And two, meditation. It's the same way you get the word of God into your heart. It's that this book of the law shall not depart from your lips. But what? Meditating upon it. That's how you get them. Thy word shall have I hid in my heart. That's how you get it into your heart. Every other thing, by meditating upon it and imagining, you get the thing into your heart. So that human being that is in your heart is because you were thinking. You're imagining. How, how would it feel like if he had his hands around my waist? Abracketing me. You see, you see how bracket is? Abracket. Like if he bracket me. <laughs> you want to close it? <laughs> how will it be like? How will it feel like? And you are dreaming about it. You lie on your bed. Oh my God. Oh. And the breeze blowing on my face. He become poetic. As the waves crash upon the rocks. The sound is like a lullaby. <laughs> to my sleepy soul. You are thinking, imagining things. Guard your heart, oh, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Pain is waiting for you. Pain is waiting for you. Look, my daughters, are you listening? This one is for you. When there is nothing concrete on the table, don't open your heart fully. Should I say it again? When there is nothing concrete on the table, don't open your heart fully. Open. Guard your heart. So the gentleman, if you want, put something concrete on the table. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed tonight? Stand up and let's pray. In the next two minutes, you just want to pray to God. The Lord, give me the grace to guard my heart. Some of the things have sounded funny, but they are serious things. You want to pray that Lord, give me the grace. Give me the discipline. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Lift up your voice and begin to pray in the next two minutes. For the grace to guard your heart in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. Oh, the grace to guard your heart. The grace to guard your heart. You know the areas you are falling short in. Pray for the grace. Pray for the grace. Pray for the grace. Pray for the grace. Maybe it's in the area of anger. Maybe it's in the area of assumptions. Pray that the Lord will give you the grace to guard your heart. Guard your heart against anger. Guard your heart against bitterness. Guard your heart against offense. Guard your heart against deception. Guard your heart against pain and hurt. Guard your heart against wrong affections. Guard your heart against foolish assumptions. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. This is an active thing.
you must do. It's a deliberate thing you must do. And I pray in the name of Jesus that God will give you the grace. God will give you the grace. As you live here tonight, may that ability be imparted into you. In the name of Jesus. In the next one minute, just lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Roshala rakapana marama. E rakolo boshata kandala bazunde vele baraba. Retesene marama rakala balabalaba. Lord, help us to, to build a shield, build shields around our hearts in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. May our hearts not be found in the wrong places in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God. Finally, you might you want to pray that if there's anything in your heart that is not of God, may the Lord Himself carry out a washout. It may be hurt, it may be pain, it may be unforgiveness. Maybe you, you, you even struggle to think good of people. It is a heart problem. You want to pray that Lord, purge my heart, circumcise my heart. Lift up your voice and pray in the next one and a half minutes. Lift up your voice and pray. That the Lord will circumcise your heart. He will purge your heart. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. Rotosila Vanalabahatakapa in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that this word will be cemented deep down in the hearts of your people. Grant them the grace to be doers of this word. Let the Spirit of God continually remind them of these words that have been spoken under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And Father, I pray that they will actively, consciously, and intentionally put in measures to guard their hearts. I thank you Lord that it is done in Jesus name. Amen. Somebody put your hands together for the Lord. We trust you have been blessed by this message. For more information, reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page The Overflow Worship Center Stay blessed Overflow Someone overflow